You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So, I got a dilemma. What is your dilemma? What was that? <laughs> I always use the word dilemma just to kind of freak people out. And what? What? And it worked. Now I have two dilemmas. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to start the show. <laughs> You're at a loss for words, Corey. No, no, no. I didn't, say, no I, I didn't say that. I didn't say I'm not. At, I'm at a loss for it. I'm just saying I, I didn't know how to start the show. And so I guess what I've done now is I've put my dilemma out in the open, thus starting the show. It's in the light now. It is. so, And it started the show. Now we have so to see what roll. we do with it. Yeah, so welcome to Delimna Radio. <laughs> Actually, Sexy Marriage Radio, where we have honest conversations about love and life and marriage and sex and all of the issues that come along with it, because we've been doing this a long time, and it just keeps seems to get better and better. As deeper far as, and deeper, richer and richer. Yes, as far as the show goes, and so... It is one of those I have to say thank you to the listeners for taking time out every week to invite us into their world and into their cars and then also letting us know what's going on. And they do that by sending us emails at feedback at sexymergeradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes and leave any kind of review or comments that you want there because that helps us climb the charts and spread the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And so this whole episode that we're doing is a follow-up to one from a couple weeks back on the idea of knowing versus caring. Yeah, we got a lot of emails yes. commenting on their own dilemmas, Yes, uh, their, their personal dilemmas. And my heart breaks, for, and it's not just men, it's, it's women too, mm-hmm. where they really feel stuck, mm-hmm. trapped. They're spinning their wheels, they're getting no traction, and they are at their wits end. We just want to say to those of you who would categorize yourself as such, we are so sorry for your pain, and we really wish that we could do this topic far more justice in 30-minute segments, but if you're at that place, you really need to be reaching out for counseling or coaching or workshops or something, mm-hmm. something, something, something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that a 30-minute podcast where you're not even having a two-way conversation with us is going to be sufficient to solve some of the dilemmas that people have put out on the table. Right. A- absolutely. Because marriage is going to have a lot of these different issues and dilemmas that are presented because the way married life plays out, um, I've, I'm assuming I've probably said this on the show, but to me, what matters in marriage is decision and actions. It's not thoughts and feelings. That is a really great point. <laughs> because thoughts and feelings, we can ad- agree to disagree. Decisions and actions, we can't. Well, it's kind of like people are always saying how guilty they feel because they have a random thought that produces a feeling. And it's like, but you haven't sinned. Mm-hmm. If you walked into a, a a police station and said, I've been thinking about robbing a bank and it makes me feel really excited to have all that money. Mm-hmm. Well, have you done anything? Well, no, right. but put me in a prison cell because I'm guilty. No, right. no, you're, you're human, yeah. but you're not guilty until you act on it. But that's true on the flip side of uh, love isn't love until it's expressed, just like a bell isn't a bell until you ring it. Right. But you can't agree to disagree about behaviors. You know, if, if tonight Pam tells me, I think I'm done having sex, 
in my life. You know, I don't think I want to do this ever again. I've, we've had enough. I'm, dun, dun, dun. I, I'm done. <laughs> the plot thickens. Right. And even <laughs> as a therapist, if I completely understand where she's coming from, and hypothetically, she had this horrific background with sex and all this stuff, and it's too traumatic. And, you know, and I get it. It's not the truth. But if I'm, for the sake of this conversation, even if I understand where she's coming from, I can't just say, okay, well, let's just agree to disagree about that. You know, it, right. It's like, hold it on. You. Right. You just changed the, you just changed the dynamics of our relationship. And so most of the time, it's and no this, longer a marriage. Right. So most of the time, this is the way it plays out in, in married couples and gridlock issues. And this is where I want to go with the show on the idea of expanding knowing versus caring. Most of the time, the way this plays out is we are presented with something in that, in that example, Pam would be saying to me, I'm done having sex. Then we typically add this, this caveat to it of, and I don't want you to leave because that makes it easier for her to make her decision. And so we, we, we frame our conversations and decisions in our favor. That's human nature. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. So when I'm faced with that kind of a thing, the gridlock and t- dilemma I'm faced with, it's called the two-choice dilemma. Schnars talks about this in great, de- in great length in a lot of his work. It's the idea of a lot of times when I have to make a really tough choice or I'm presented with something that's an incredibly tough choice, I steal my partner's choice too mm. because it helps me feel better. I don't want to have sex anymore and I don't want you to leave. So if after I kind of regain my composure, my response hopefully <laughs> would be, okay, you can make the first call, honey. You can't make the second call. Right. You can only control your own choices. You can't control yours. If you want to have a sexless marriage, that's your choice. I can do nothing to change that. But I get to decide, do I stay or not? You don't make that call for me. Right. And that is an awful lot to expect of your spouse for them to just get on board your bandwagon of what you want without regard to what they want or need. Right. Which that's where that's the show we were talking about (laughs) of knowing versus caring. I, I love the concept of, yes, there's she and there's he and they each have their own wants and needs and desires. But there's also us. There is there's an mm-hmm. entity called us mm-hmm. where both people come into play and both people should be consulted on matters that would have grave consequences like the one that we're discussing. Right. Well, they're consulted, but the, I think it's also important to, to realize we influence it. I mean, is that have you heard of the hula hoop concept? Um, Donald Miller also talks about this in his book, Scary Close, um, of the idea of there's three pillows and the hula hoops, the same thing. If you take take, get three hula hoops and you just lay them out in a, in a line, you stand in one hula hoop, your partner, your spouse stands in the far hula hoop. And so what you control is your hula hoop. You influence the hula hoop in between you, but you don't control it. And too often what we do when we have to face the major issues that really bog us down in marriage on, on the sex Money, uh, raising kids. Raising kids. Yeah, uh, those are the three main issues that couples face. Um, we often then will try to step into our our spouse's hula hoop too, to to mm-hmm. make their decisions for them. Of no, 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 we're going to save because it's what I want, so you're going to do it too. No, 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 we're going to spend money because that's what I want. No, no, you know, and it's 
hold on. I, I am only responsible for my hula hoop, and then I influence the middle hula hoop or the middle pillow. That's it. Yeah. And so it's a great framework to help kind of realize I use the idea of I'm responsible for me, period. I, that's all I can do. That's all I have enough on my plate with just that. And so I have right. to just focus there and make decisions. And so when I face these dilemmas, which often come with gridlock, then I'm faced with I make a decision and I see how my spouse responds. That's all I can do. Yeah. I, I, I struggle with the whole notion of one spouse putting it on the other spouse that this is how it's going to be my way mm -hmm. or the highway, mm -hmm. like it or lump it. Um, I, I'm just a big believer that you have to take ownership of your life. And if your spouse makes such a huge trajectory change in your relationship, that's going to change how you feel about the bond and the connection that you have. And I, I just, I don't think that it's fair for a spouse to put that on another spouse of this is what I want, like it or lump it. Mm -hmm. And it, Corey, I have to say that some of the emails that have come in this week have been particularly troublesome to me because there's been a lot of bemoaning from husbands saying that their wives had backgrounds when they got married and they knew this coming in. Mm -hmm. Maybe she'd been promiscuous. Maybe she'd had an abortion. Maybe she'd been sexually abused whatever, whatever, whatever the issues are. And I don't mean to, like, I don't mean that callously. It's not like, glossing I know, over them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I know that these are very, very deep-rooted issues. Very deep-rooted. But the notion of, therefore, sex is too traumatic for me. You can't have that expectation on me. I'm always going to be triggered by this. I'm always going to hate this. There's no hope for me. There's no book out there that can help me. There's no counseling that can help me. There's no workshop that can help me. I just want to call bull on that to the women listening. Sorry for the French, for those who are offended, but I'm serious about the fact that is bold to think that you are so traumatized and so far gone that there's no healing that's possible that can bring you back around to being an interested and motivated sex partner with your spouse. I've seen it over and over and over again. The past four years of doing these women at the wall workshops, we've done over 20 workshops. I know so often that women just come thinking that they are so broken and too far gone and they go back home clamoring to have great hot sex again with their husbands. Mm -hmm. And so the notion of there's no hope for me, I just say it's bull. Okay. But I can totally understand a husband feeling as if, am I, do I really have to stay in this relationship? If she feels as if she's too far gone, that there's no healing that's possible there because that impacts him. Yeah. What and that's he supposed to do with that. Well, that's the dilemma of she's presenting in this case of what you're talking about. She's presenting a, I want it all on my terms. And he has to come to grips with, she doesn't get that call when it comes to well, a relationship. With no regard to us. Right. Yeah. Th there has to be a regard for us. There does, but to me, us is a revealing of me. That's the whole thing. That's the philosophy to me. I don't look at it as I help create us. Us creates me. And so how well do I confront what's going on? How well do I hold on to who I am and, and develop into who I want to be in a better version of me in the context of us? And there are times where I'm faced with, okay, is this a deal breaker? 
is this the point of, I can't, no, this isn't acceptable anymore. I mean, I think of the moments of, of abuse. I think of the moments of bullying. I think of the moments of emotional neglect and manipulation. I think of the moments of actual physical violence. Right. Those are, those are lines that when you cross them, those are unacceptable. Right. In any marriage, in any context, in any situation. It's unacceptable. Right. And I'm going to call out the men that may be the perpetrators of this, that it's unacceptable to ever treat another human being that way, particularly a woman. We are called as men to be different and stronger and 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 more have more depth. Protective. Character. Right. right. To protect so, her. So it's just recognizing, though, that in the context of the relationship is how often do I take these gridlock things and I feel powerless, and so therefore I have to just swallow it. I have to just – it was like, no, I don't. No, you don't. You really don't. And I want to say that um, there are several issues that I feel as if are make-or-break issues that anyone on the planet is entitled to draw a line in the sand and say, this is not acceptable in this relationship. And if this dynamic doesn't change – then the relationship is going to change. The, the right. status is going to change. Right. Um, obviously, adultery. No woman, no man should ever have to tolerate having to share their spouse with another human being. The marriage is intended to be an exclusive relationship. And I'm not saying that there can't be healing after an, aff- after an affair. I, I realize that sometimes the relationship actually goes to the next level and becomes mm-hmm. far richer as mm-hmm. the result of the healing that comes from an affair. But obviously, I don't recommend affairs as a way to, um, to, to cement a healthier relationship. But if your spouse is continually connecting with other people in sexually intimate ways, you have a right to speak up and to give not just an ultimatum, but a promise. If, if that happens again, we're done and to walk away if necessary. Um, another one is abuse in that it's not just physical abuse, mental, emotional, spiritual abuse, all of it. And so some of the things that you mentioned, the manipulation, the coercion, um, the bullying, obviously very abusive. Um, Abandonment. If your spouse is not actively participating in the relationship and you feel as if there is no energy coming your direction, you feel so neglected, so marginalized, so cheated, so victim of the bait and switch, it's okay to speak up and say, this is not what I signed up for. We either work on the marriage or we work on separation or divorce. Um, and then also just absence. Um, I feel as if there are so many people who pile their plates so high of not just work that has to be done to make the bills, you know, or to, you know, to make a living, but you know, the hobbies and the church obligations and the school obligations and the, and the workouts and that when you fill your plate so full that there is nothing left for your spouse in the way of any sort of quality time, what kind of relationship is that? It's okay for you to speak up and say, I want more than this. I deserve more mm-hmm. than this. We have to work on us. There has to be some bandwidth for us. Okay. Okay. So I, I want to back up just a little bit because I, that, that's, that's a great kind of description of what we're talking about on how this was, how this is going to play out. So let's, I want, I want to rewind just a little bit and okay. try to give, the listeners that have emailed us, and I, I really do thank you for emailing on this topic because this is a deep, gut-wrenching, soul-searching thing that we're talking about because it's very easy to think and, and know 
that, you know, my partner knows what I want, but they don't care. Devastating. Because it's, the reason why it's easy to think that is because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's it just that I, Pam knows a lot of the things I want. And there are aspects of that she doesn't care about. And I have to realize that's a reality of a human relationship because she has to also search out for what she wants and what she cares about and what's important to her. That's the complexity of what we're going on. But I want to go back and do just frame it. You got something you want to add? Real well, quick? yeah, I was going to add it really is okay too. on the flip side of the coin of me saying it's okay to stand up for yourself and, you know, fight for the relationship and that sort of thing. The flip side of that is, you might also want to count the costs of, yeah. of, of, of separation, of divorce, yeah. because you well, would let's... be exchanging one set of problems mm-hmm. for a totally different set of problems, but there's still mm-hmm. problems nonetheless. Yep. So asking and... yourself, what am I willing to tolerate here? But it's okay for you to feel as if I can't tolerate this. Right. And to speak and up about that. That's where, let's go back to the example, because this helps frame it actually better. So well done. On, on going where I was hoping it would go. Okay. <laughs> um, Good. God, I could read uh, your mind. Well, the, the example I gave of Pam saying, I'm done having sex. Um, I could easily then say, okay, because of the cost, because of what else we've put together, because of our children, because of the life we have created together, I can live with that. It's worth it staying with you. Whether we have sex or not, it, this, is, this is a bigger deal that I'll, I'll work it out. What happens, though, with our dilemmas like that is if I, if I take the mature, grown-up kind of stance to stay, I have a very good likelihood of the worst in me still rearing its head and anytime I'm unhappy, blaming her. But in reality, I chose it. Ooh. So I got to blame myself. You got to take too. ownership. Right. And this is how you combat the bait and switch a little bit because some of it, yes, there is components of there is a little bit of a bait and switch when you're talking about marriage, because when we first met and fell in love with our partner, we met and fell in love with their marketing and PR firm. It's, it's so not true. all of them. And, but they also, at the same time, met and fell in love with your marketing and PR firm. Right. So it's realizing, you know what? I chose this. We had some conversations about this. I had an inkling of you know, this could be a problem. This could be an issue. They spend money like it's going out of style and it grows <laughs> on trees. And that's the way they were raised. And so why would I think if I look back on it, they would change all of a sudden because we said I do. And I make a job. I have a job that makes $12,000 a year. You know, yeah. it's like, so it's just, we have to, and this is where I go back into the idea of us is revealing of me, not the other way around. That I'm going in, and if I'm going to look at those things, I have to examine, what's my role in this? Why, If I chose this, have I owned that choice? Mm. That's the first step. Right. The other is just having to get into this deeper value and moral judgments of ourself and our own ways and character we want to live life and see, is this a deal breaker? Is this a non-negotiable? Is this a value kind of a thing that you're leaving me no other option? Because that's where some of the feedback we got from that show was it sounds like we're advocates for divorce. And we're I want to state very yeah, I want to state very clearly, I'm not an advocate we of divorce. Not. I just have to you just have to realize it is a reality though. It is a possibility. 50% of the time. Yep. And so it's seeing it as okay. 
that's part of the whole story. So how do I, I we're not simplistic pres- way to think we're, we're not prescribing divorce. We're describing what happens okay. on the way to divorce. Right. So let me ask you this. Situations. Let me ask you this though. You're on a, you're on, you and I are on a phone call and we're talking about this membership club we're getting together. And I say something that's way over the top and, and it makes, frankly, makes you mad. Mm-hmm. What would you do? I, would I mean, I, to... I, I, t- I turn personally offensive. I start calling you out on everything I know about you, the goods on you. So that's so me, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and and but... you actually have a few. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so what would you do? I, I first would be shocked. Okay. And then I would. Don't tell would... me react. Don't tell me feelings and thoughts. Tell, tell me what your behavior would be. I might be tempted to hang up the phone on you. That, that's where I want you to go. Okay. I, actually, I would, I would hope you would do that. Okay. Because yeah, I'd have to recognize. I don't let people treat me like that. Perfect. Even so, you. Perfect. You should. Nobody should. Exactly. And so it's recognizing that's the reality of life is if we don't have good boundaries, how can I ever have a relationship with somebody? And so if I let right. somebody just walk all over me or set up scenarios that I have no choice – then I don't have a relationship. I have slavery. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Brene Brown stuff where she talks about being sweet versus being loving. That used mm-hmm. to, she said yes to everybody and let them treat her however they wanted. And so she was sweet, but she wasn't really being loving because she wasn't being her authentic self. Right. Her authentic self could say no and teach people that you can't treat me that way, but she right. was being loving that way because right. then with those boundaries, she can have a healthier relationship. Well, that leads me, Corey, to a question that I was going to put on the table that I wanted to hear you respond to. Okay, but I want you to table that for a second. Okay. Since, you're, since you use table there, I'm going to use it again as well. Okay. Okay. I want to. I want to finish the, the. I have a systematic process in okay, my mind. Go for uh, it. So you have to. You have to search through your own morals and your own values. Of is whatever I'm facing a deal breaker? Is it something that I can, in good conscience, go either way? You know, because that's if we look at life that way, we can really make it a lot more simple that way. Of can I can I stomach and tolerate that, or is it? Do I need to care for myself better and be willing to make the moves? That, that lead me down whatever path that could be. So that's one. The other is first things first, you got to talk. You got to bring it up with your partner and you don't do it in the heat of it. You do it in a, you know what? We need to have some conversations because what's going on is not acceptable according to me because we have to see that the way married life plays out is this is the example we've used on the show is so if you have a partner if you have a spouse that's decided you know I only want sex once a month and you need to be okay with what I give you and then you, that partner then says that's not acceptable to me I'm going to I'm going to move on and their response back would be you're willing to leave me over only having sex once a month. That's all it. you want is sex. Right. It's all about sex so, for you. So <laughs> it's bull. His, the, the person's response in my mind from this philosophy should be, you're willing to leave me over not having sex. Mm. That's because it's the same game on both sides. Right. That's what's going on. Right. And so these are two choice dilemmas that come along with gridlock. And so I, you have to talk about it and say, I want you to seek help. I'll come along with you. I'm in. I want this. Whatever it takes, let's do it. You know, and sometimes it's a straight out you need to. Sometimes it's a we need to. Sometimes it's just going to be a you know what? I'm going to. 
I'm going to go seek help because I don't know how much more I can tolerate with this, how much more I'm willing to accept with this. And so I'm going to do what's necessary. So you have to have the conversations. And then based on those conversations, you have to, have to, have to follow through. Right. It, it, it needs to be Because if firm. you don't, it means nothing. See, that's what I was going to ask, Corey. Is it okay if I go there now? Yes. Is it okay if I untable the thing I tabled? Go for it. Okay. So that's what I was going to ask is the old adage, you teach people how to treat you. Yep. What if you have already taught your spouse for months or years sure. that, you, that you can be treated that way? Yep. And then Absolutely. all of a sudden you do feel as if you're getting to that breaking point and now it's no longer that way. How does someone turn that Titanic around where you've tolerated it, tolerated it, tolerated mm-hmm. it, but now all of a sudden you're, you're, you just don't have a thread of hope to hold on to anymore and you can't tolerate it anymore? That's where, to me, you take the whole relationship context off the table and you look at it through the lens of, okay, this has been a long journey this, that I've allowed this to occur. I've got to allow some time to teach differently. And then I see what happens. Because if I just get knee-jerk, then I'm, I'm, that's, that's too reactionary. And I usually will then come back with regret. But if I go back at it and say, okay, this is something that's been going on for a long time. I'm recognizing for my health, for my sanity, for my clarity, for my character, I've got to do something different. Most of the time, we can do something different in the context of a relationship. Yeah. You can. And and if you think about it, and the couples I've counseled lately, you can do it in the context of a relationship because you got kids involved, so you're still going to have a relationship. So this is what I was about to say. I think that as long as there are kids at home, there is a much greater willingness to tolerate mistreatment or neglect sure. or abuse sure. or abandonment or whatever. But once the kids leave and it's just the two of you, that's when you become, you really get face to face with the reality right. of the depths of your problems. That's the highest, that's the second highest rate of divorce, statistically speaking, is after 18 to 20 years. Yeah. Because, because that's, that's when, when the kids, kids are, are gone. gone. Yeah. So you don't have any other buffers. Right. For, the, for what you've been avoiding through them. But it's, it's recognizing gridlock is real. And gridlock, just to, for the sake of clarity, if anybody's new to our show, gridlock is where what you want is blocked by what your partner wants. They come along with every marriage. They come along with every committed relationship. There's just going to be gridlock issues. You're not going to see eye to eye. And what you alluded to earlier is spot on, that leaving a relationship and starting a new one is just changing 10 problems for 10 problems. Right. So you're you're just swapping gridlock issues. That's all you're doing because pain and struggle is part and parcel of life. Mm-hmm. So, and, and as counselor and coach, I, I'm sure that you agree with me, Corey. I will do anything. I will fight tooth and nail to help a couple avoid divorce because it is devastating financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically with all the stress. It's certainly not something that we recommend. I, would, I just want to make right. sure that our, our listeners right. are crystal clear on that. We in no way recommend divorce. Right. We acknowledge that there are situations where right. there, there's really no other recourse right. to, to, to guard your own health and sanity and, and hope for your future. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's unfortunate, but it is the reality. And and so this is this is to the emailers that have that have sent us the messages lately on give us more on knowing versus caring because I feel like my partner knows what I want but they don't care. So it sounds like a lot of times what happens based on reading the emails is the natural reaction is let's get help. But 
I want my partner, I want my spouse to want to want to be a part of this. Right. Right. So I want to challenge you that if you look at this through the lens of the of a dilemma and you just try to simplify things down of if you're getting a message or you're having something going on that is intolerable and it, it it's not something you want to be a part of and they've changed the game or there's an issue that you really need to face and you incur and, and you do you take our step of okay I'm going to talk about it I'm going to say this is something I want we, we I want to face better I, I want I need to confront this better with within us, within us and within me for sure. And I would love for you to help with this. I'd love for us to go get help with this. You, you, they can work with either one of us remotely. Doesn't matter where in the world they live. Right. We do. If Skype, they live in a city, phone. yeah. If they live in a city of any kind, there's therapists there. Sure. And th- so there's people you can find referrals. And uh, I even have a guide on SimpleMarriage.net of how uh, how to choose your own shrink. It's a two part. It kind of goes through. Here's some things, questions to ask, what to look for, everything. Yep. Um, so you set it up, or you don't, but you go. That's the difference. Of, yeah. And I, the whole, I, my, we need. I need marriage help, and my partner won't go. Well, then you go. Exactly. You do what That's you have to do to take care mm-hmm. of you. Yep. Because if because if the therapist is any good at all, or the coach is any good at all. There'll start to be a shift in how you confront things differently, which will freak out your spouse, and they'll start to see this whole world I've got could come crumbling down. Maybe I better get up and start doing something. Maybe they'll be inspired rather than, yep. than feeling required. That's yeah, using the through. natural. Yeah, that's that. That's using the natural dynamics of a system in the way they are intended to be. Right. Yeah. Follow through is absolutely key. If you make the appointment with the therapist or counselor or coach, keep it. If you mm-hmm. sign up for the workshop, go like stop assuming that nothing's okay. going to help me because true. that's not well, true. You're, you're, that's a okay. self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. But that message I'm hearing a little bit just based on I'm privy to the emails because we both read them. Uh-huh. The feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Your message there is a little bit more from what I'm hearing, Shannon, aimed at the the lower desire that's not as interested in the help. They're okay with the way things are, and they probably aren't listening to our show and aren't heeding our counsel. I'm coming after the person that really has the desire of, I really want my wife or I really want my husband to seek help for this issue that's impacting us. And I'm just going to say flat out, invite them, encourage them, tell them, and then you do what you need to do for you. Right. That's my counsel. Yeah. That means you go get help. You go get help. Right. Because that's that's the reality of the way life is. Yeah. Yeah. One final word to the lower desire partner, though. You don't know what you're missing out on. For women to have these kind of breakthroughs and to really get in touch with their sexual selves and to feel comfortable and confident in their own skin and to have the oxytocin flowing and the great bonding in their marriage, it has so many benefits. So please don't discount the possibility that God wants to heal you and that there are many ways, many paths toward that healing. Take one. Right. So... This has been a tough, tough. It subject. is. I'm trying. I'm trying to gather my thought. <laughs> you didn't know how to start it. To, now you don't know how to end it, do you? <laughs> it seems to be. Hey, at least it's bookended. That's that's. At least I got that going for We're me. Consistent. <laughs> well, um, seriously, I, I want to hear from our listeners. Uh, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Uh, we can do more, possibly. Uh, some of this is probably going to need to be transitioned to the membership club to yes. go even more in detail because what we could do then 
is do more real time with people. Yeah. It would allow us to actually do some counseling with people that would be beneficial to everybody. Right. There'll be more coming on that. So thanks for taking some time out with us. We'll see you next time. We love you for listening.